0: Today I'm so excited because my friend and my brother, Pastor Joe Bowman, is in the house. Pastor Joe leads Integrity Life Church in Federal Way. Incredible, incredible church. It's really a sister church to Life Center. And this man has become so much more than just a friend. He truly is a brother. And what I'm so excited about, I know that there's many of us today who are not just going to hear some great information, we are going to experience transformation because of the word that God has given him. Uh, You know, today we're blessed because Pastor Joe, he, he grew up right here in Tacoma. In fact, he went to Life Christian School. It used to be called Life Christian School back in the day. It's now Life Christian Academy. But Life Center, would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? Would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Joe Bowman as he comes to bring the message today? Well, let's give God a hand, praise. Come on, lift it up, lift it up. Yes, indeed. He's worthy of our praise. Good afternoon, Life Center. Just appreciate being here with you today. I, I just want to acknowledge, whether you're watching online or you're in the building, like, to be committed to Jesus in 90-degree weather is something special, man. I just, just thank you. I mean, I know there's a luau tonight, but just thank you for being here at this particular moment. I love this place. It means so much to me. It means so much to me. I was just so young, and it was a transition in my life. And as we were singing those worship songs, I remember coming to live with my grandmother and becoming a student here at Life Center because my mom was working two jobs. And she said, I want you to go live with grandma. I want you to have a normal life and have dinner on the table at night. And so, I came to Tacoma but I didn't ever know how this place would impact my life. But I also want to tell you that I've impacted it as well. It's always a blessing when you can bring something back to a place that's blessed you so much. Denise Gisi was a brand new teacher. Kim Charbonneau was my 6th grade teacher. I still have rug burns from that carpeted gym. But I'm not Upset, it's okay. This was the place where um, I laid to rest my mother and my grandmother. So this means so much to me. So just let me be emotional for a second because I appreciate what God has done and what he does generationally, what he does generationally. He gave me a friend in Tyler Soli I appreciate your pastor. He's so awesome and incredible, man of God. Thank you for your character, your wisdom. You're amazing. Uh, I just want to brag on you, you and Amber, man. I appreciate you and I appreciate your heart. Thank you for crying over stuff that made me cry. Sometimes it's too hard to cry over stuff other people cry about because you don't have that same context. And man, I appreciate you being able to lament with me. But I do want to have, I, I do want to acknowledge the time you tried to kill me, though. I, I do. I just want to. I want to I address that because you offered to take me to Chipotle in your Jeep, but you didn't tell me you didn't have any top on that vehicle or no doors. I didn't know, man. I didn't know. <laughs> but we made it to Chipotle and back. So praise Jesus. <laughs> praise Jesus. I love you. Where's my big sister Barbara at? Is she here today? All right. All right. Thank you, Felicia Dawson, for coming from Integrity Life Church. I'm ready to preach the word today. Y'all ready for the word? All right. Listen, I was waiting for you, Mike. I, I said, listen, he wasn't at the 10 o'clock. I got worried. I said, where's Mike at? But he's here. 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 I just got back from Cancun, Mexico, celebrating 25 years with my beautiful wife. She is a caramel chocolate macchiato. Oh, yes, she's mine. Michael Jackson prophesied and said the doggone girl is mine. Yes, she's mine. She's mine. To my left in that particular picture is my preemie baby born 19 ounces. He was in the hospital 105 days. He made up for all of it in conjunction with the sponsorship from Costco. He's 6'4", 290 pounds now. (laughs) He made God makes up the difference. He never fails. And then I have an AAU basketball phenom uh, to my right in that picture. And then my beautiful daughter. Oh, she made me this bracelet. So I had to wear it today. She's a pretty version of me. And Joshua in the yellow shirt is a date night gone right. Praise God for him. Amen. Amen. He just showed up. Praise Jesus. We love him. We love him. I want to talk to you about having a seat at the table, having a seat at the table. It's so important that we are invited to the table. The table is significant. Even in school, if you're that kid that gets disinvited to the table, then you have to sit by yourself in many cases, but... The context I want to share today was, it's so profound to me that being invited in helps us really cope in life. But When we're not invited in many places or we're we're broken off from our invitations, it leads us to a place of of shame and degradation. How do we cope? How do we move? How do we maneuver in the midst of things not leading us to the table? I'm African American. I don't know if you noticed, Uh, but when I was invited to the table growing up, my grandmother, my grandmother said, sit at the table and you, you need to, you need to sit there until I tell you to get up. In other words, you got to sit and eat this fried chicken. You got to eat these greens and these yams and this hot water cornbread until it's all finished. She was from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And that's a part of my culture that I'm proud of, man. We got to sit at the table because everyone was invited to the table. And then she would do something so funny, so contradictory to what she was doing, and she would cut up salad by hand. I was like, wow, we got one healthy thing on the table, and everything else is full of calories. And then she would do something very abusive to me. She would say how fat I was becoming as a result of her cooking. But she loved me with everything she had. She passed her to church 50 years here in Tacoma at the Hilltop area, New Covenant Pentecostal Tabernacle. Her name was Dr. Edna E. Travis, and we laid her to rest right here at this place. And today, I know what it is to be invited to the table. As a student here, there was a, a, a student named Aaron, and he was a type 1 diabetic. And, you know, not often did he get out and play sports with us and, and all that. And I said, hey, Aaron, today, man, we're going to play kickball. We're going to throw it down today, bro. It's going down. You are going to be on my kickball team. And we're going to win, and you're going to experience victory. I invited Aaron to the table. I said, listen, man, listen. You kick the ball. All I need you to do is get to first base, and then they, I'm going to make them give it to me semi-bouncy, and then I'm going to kick it out. The I'm going to kick it so hard and you're going to run. So it just it happened just like that. I kicked the ball and the ball just went, went and went. And Aaron started to run. He got to second base. And he turned around. I said, keep going, keep going. He got the third base. Then he got home and he lifted up his hands. And when I came around home plate, I said, we experienced victory together today. Because Aaron, you are invited to the table, bro. How many of us have been invited to the table? How many of us invite folks to the table? I want to, I want to look at this, this uh, Old Testament passage. It's going to take me a little time to develop it, but I'll just keep you for about another hour or so. Uh, don't worry, I won't be too long. First Samuel 20, 13 and 14. If it pleases my father to do you harm, may the Lord do so to me and more so. If I fail to inform you and send you away so that you may go in safety and may the Lord be with you as he's been with my father. And if I'm still alive, Will you not show me the faithfulness of the Lord so that I do not die? What kind of conversation is going on here? This is Jonathan, the son of the wicked king Saul, talking to his BFF David, saying, hey, bro, I want to be in the center of God's will. And what my dad is doing, he's out for you, man. He's trying to take you out. But I know that God's hand is on you and off of him. So would you create a space for me? Because in antiquity, it was always the king's duty to kill everyone in that line. Everyone in that lineage, all the heirs needed to be killed so no one would raise or rise in revolt. And in that process, we see something. We see a man pleading for his life. And in the midst of that, we see a man, David, who would be the future king of Israel, accept his invitation. 2 Samuel 4 and 4, Jonathan Saul's son uh, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came to Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened as he made haste to flee, and he fell because and he became lame in his feet. His name was Mephibosheth. Say Mephibosheth 20 times fast. That's it. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. His name was Mephibosheth. In the midst of his father and grandfather running up Mount Gilboa, running from the Gibeonites. They were killed. On the same day, he lost his grandfather, he lost his dad, and he lost, he became disabled all on the same day. He went from a prince to a fugitive in one day. And in the midst of this, Jonathan asked way prior in in 1 Samuel, amen, would would you see after me? And I could hear him say, would you see after mine? If, If we're still alive, would you see after us? And I just need to let you know something. You've been invited to the table, but I need you to know that someone generationally has been praying for you to be invited to the table. Don't forget that. Somebody's been praying for you. I'll never forget the second house that I purchased. My grandmother walked into the house and she became quiet and a tear came down her eye. And she said, son, I said, grandmother, what's wrong? She said, I brought you over here to pray for the house. I said, what's the problem? She said, son, these are the kind of houses we prayed to clean. Wow. The generational blessing is coming your way. And whatever you feel like God has forgotten, he hasn't forgotten about you. Someone is listening to the prayer. Someone is going to step inside and be the intercessor to bring the thing forward. Someone's going to, to be the person who lifts the standard for you, and you will not be forget, forgotten. I'm not forgotten. God knows my name. I need you to know that you're not forgotten. And God not failing, he does not also forget. So we got to know this. And so 2 Samuel 9 this, this is this. I want you to see how beautiful this is, this tapestry that's woven here. Then David said, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to him for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant in the house of Saul and his name is Ziba. Ziba in English translate jerk. Don't worry about it. And they summoned him to David. And the king said, are you Ziba? And he said, yeah, I'm your servant. Then the king said, is there anyone remaining in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness, the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, yes, there's Jonathan's son, but conditionally he's lame in his feet. Why in the world can he just be cool in his artistry? Why couldn't he be had a good voice? Why couldn't he have something wonderful to say? But you had to identify the infirmity in the person before you identified how great he was. Can I tell you something today, life center? Your infirmity is not your identity. The thing that's broken in you is not the thing that is you. That's the thing that's in the process of making you better than who you are in this moment. But it's not who you are. Your identity is not wrapped in your infirmity. That's right. I want you to hear this. Oh yes. Yeah. David said, bro. I didn't, paraphrasing. Bro, I, I didn't ask you if he was laying in his feet. I asked, "Was there anyone left that I could bless on behalf of my friend who asked me in first Samuel to see after his household? Can I translate it to Hilltop, Nineteenth and Union, bro? Is there is there do I have a nephew over there that I can help? I can bless. Is there somebody at the house I can I can give some love to? And he says, Yeah, he he, he's there, he's there. So so the king said to him, Where is he? I, I I love when the king doesn't give us opportunity to make excuses and tell and tell what's wrong with us. He just asks, Where are we? He said, he said where, where? I, didn't, I didn't ask you what was wrong with him. I said, where are you? Where is he? In, in the garden, you, you know, God's voice. Where are you, Adam? Where are you? He, it's not like he needed a locator. He didn't need a GPS. He was like, where are you? I need you in, in my presence. I need you in position. And so we see this wonderful story. And he says, then King David sent messengers, brought him from the house of Makir to, to the son of Abel, from Lodabar. So everybody say Lodabar, Lodabar. Lodabar. Lodabar is a place of no pasture, no vegetation. Nothing works. There's no Chick-fil-A. There's no McDonald's. There's nothing wonderful in Lodobar. Nothing grows. Nothing produces from this place. It is a place, a Palestinian, under Palestinian rule, so far from the promised land that the promised land is not in sight. He's in Lodabar. Lodabar. Where's Lodabar? metaphorically speaking. uh, uh, Lodabar is that place of shame. Lodabar is that place where Motel 6 is a a, a five-star rating. Lodabar is that place where, man, I I, I don't know. Lodabar is that place where you have miserable conversations with yourself, right? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mama said you was crazy if you didn't say something to yourself. So I'm just saying, you know, have you ever talked to yourself in the car about something you shouldn't be talking about to yourself? Oh, I got two witnesses in here. In Lodabar everyone dresses the same maybe hospital gowns is the attire for the moment appropriate because they're all broken. In Lodabar no one uses their name because Mephibosheth let's read said I am a dead dog. I'm dead. The king said to him, do not be afraid for I I will assuredly show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. And again, he prostrated himself. He said, what is your servant that you should be concerned about a dead dog like me? Why are you concerned about me? My life is over. I was dropped coming down the hill in my. now I, I was a prince in that moment, but now I'm a peasant. Why are you concerned about me, David. How in the world could you be concerned about a dead dog like me? Now, understand, we spend $1 billion in America on our pets and animals. Dogs were not domesticated in these days. But I have a dog that makes me pray at night and in the morning because he's a 20-week-old boxer named Creed, and he still gets up, and you're going to say, oh, he's cute. But would you come and help me at 3 in the morning take him out to use the bathroom until his bladder gets a little bigger? Praise the Lord for Creed. Is he on the screen? Show Creed. We just love him. We love him so much. There are no creeds in Lodabar. No creeds. And literally no creeds, right? Nothing affirming, nothing developing. But I wish Mephibosheth would have understood what his name meant, because his name means dispeller of shame. It literally is two Hebrew words. Oh, sit with me on this. This is so good. It is a breaker of shame. He kept saying his name was Dead Dog, but he didn't decree and declare who God named him to be—the breaker of shame, not to invite shame. You're not to be the inviter of shame; you're the one to break shame. When I look at this, this is this is this is something that I just can't get over—the fact that when he says he's lame in his feet, that transliterates to jumped or skipped over. The word lame in Hebrew is like to be jumped or skipped over. And how is it that our infirmities get us skipped over? Because I need to tell you something. The status that life hands you never stunts the, significant, the significance God has placed within you. Whatever's going on in your life, God still wants that thing out of you that he's placed in you. It's still going to come to pass. We can do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. But we've got to serve the power to work within us. We've got to get on that load of our mentality, that load of our idea when, when, you know, listen, we, we, sometimes we build status over building character. Wow. Well, I'm pastor Joe from federal way. How you doing? You know, I'm, I'm this, I, I have this many businesses, well, bro. You, you know what? I, I'm really not concerned with how much you have until I understand how submitted you are. Our level of submission really tells our character, not not how many things we have, not not, not how many things we've built. And in the midst of it, we will come with the resume of things that we've done and the things that we've accomplished and achieved in our degrees. But we won't even say in the moment that I'm still broken with all these things. I'm still broken. I'm still broken. What you see, you think you see you think you see something awesome, but you don't know that I'm still going through things in my head. (laughs) <laughs> that I'm trying to overcome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Seattle and Tacoma and other places and I'm online in my presence, but in my heart, I'm in Lodabar. Nothing's growing in here. It, it's all broken. Well, somebody said, well, Pastor Joe, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. Like I didn't come to get, I didn't come to get beat down. You know, I, I just came to get lifted up and I want to lift you up, but I want you to identify the things inside that you haven't even identified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that try to hold us back and the things that don't cause us to advance because we are not willing to address some of the things in our lives. And in Lodabar, God is waiting for us to put emphasis on him working in us instead of actually what we place emphasis on. Because yeah. some of the things we place emphasis on doesn't matter. Right. When we when we can identify that something inside of us is fallen asleep and we need to get up, the invitation comes from God but the response comes from us. Well, yes, it does. See, God always invites us to the table, but our response is up to us. That's right. It's up to us. Somebody here, please understand we can't live in Lodabar anymore. It's time to get the it's time to get the U-Haul and pack that thing up. That's right. That's good it's good. time to get out of here. Well, yes, it is. We can't. Let, yeah. Come on, Mike. That's we can't. Right. We, we, listen, we can't do that. We, we can't live here no more. We've got to get ourselves in position to do the thing God has called us to do, and we have been laying in the pastures too long. The Lord has given us an instruction through David. He gave us an instruction through David that I lay down in green pastures, not in no pastures. That's right. That's That's I cannot lay down in Lodabar. There you go. I have to decree and declare who God has made me to be, and even if I'm lame and limp in my process, even if I'm dragging my feet, you got to understand that I'm getting to the destined place that God has destined for me because my infirmity is not my identity. And the status that life has placed over me never will stunt the significance God has placed within me. And I'm going to do something different this time. I'm going to use God's grace as a distancer. I'm going to use God's grace as a distancer from shame, not a license to blame. Oh man, we love to blame folks, don't we? It feels so much better when we can blame somebody. Oh, my dad this, or my parents this. My parents divorced too, but I was determined I was going to stay married with the Lord's help. That's right. That's good. Because I was going to live in Lodabar. And what we see here Mephibosheth is given every single thing that an heir or a prince would have been given. And he gets clarity around where he belongs in his inheritance. I get to know what God has called me to be, who He's called me, what my name is, without living in the residuals of what people have said over me, living in the residuals of what people have done to me. How in the world does a boy from Bellingham come to Seattle, parents divorce, moves to Tacoma, comes to Life Center, leaves Life Center? goes to Seattle Christian, goes to PLU, then back to the community college, then back to the university. Oh, wait a minute. You got to go to seminary now. I do? Okay. I'm going to go to seminary, I guess. You're going to have to pay for that. Please, sir. (laughs) Go to seminary, come back. Now work in the church for eight years with no pay. And then lead a church in this moment. Whatever your life is sketching, that doesn't mean that God's not in it. Sometimes, every time, God works A, X, Q, T, it doesn't go in chronological order. You got to know that about God, please. You will be frustrated your entire Christian life if you don't understand that God does not work in order. Not our order, at least. Oh, no, 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 no. God does stuff so way backwards in my estimation. That's why I said his thoughts are not my thoughts, his ways are not my, my ways. As far as the heaven is from the earth, he thinks different from me. But he's kept me, and he's kept me in the, in the palm of his hand and in his presence. And, and he's tested me when I was just a boy up in that booth doing lights and sound and watching MTV during school hours. Um <laughs> I was doing the lights and sound for the school plays. Brent Corrigan and myself were doing that, and now, 40 years later, I'm standing on the stage because God's destiny and plan for me was to, to go this direction. Some of you are in a bar because you choose to be. You just got to know that God's plan is not what you want. <laughs> if I was integrity, uh, I, I, would, I would say, hey, come on, y'all, let's get up, let's move, let's, let's get out. But let me close this for the first time. I'm at home, right? He says, I'm going to show you kindness for your daddy's sake, bro. Jonathan was my boy. He was my guy, man. I'm going to show you kindness for his sake. And you're going to sit at my table and eat regularly. And guess what? Tell Zeba. That all the land that belonged to your grandfather that he called himself watching over is yours now. So the one who identified your infirmity, he's going to be infirm in building you back up. Yep. Yep. Some, some of the people who had just did you wrong, they're going to have to come back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, going, they're going to have to just come back and say, forgive me. And sometimes the, turn, the tide will turn. So I need you to be good to that boss because you may be the boss of the boss one day. I need you to I need you just to be patient, just to work this process and let God do what he wants to do in your life and understand that he will take you to the destiny point that he's designed for you. So don't mess it up. Please don't mess it up. Please don't hit somebody right before you get your reward. Please, 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 please stay right here right now. Just understand that the devil is going to tempt you the greatest in your greatest moment. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be challenged in your greatest moments. So, so in leaving Lodabar, make sure you don't get to the promised land with a Lodabar mentality. It doesn't make any sense for us to leave Lodabar and go into the promised land thinking like Lodabarians. We can't carry that stuff over and translate it over. What, what, what am I transferring over? That idea of conversations in your mind to tell you things that you shouldn't be telling yourself. The, the, the one that says that I'm not good enough. The one that says, oh my gosh, I, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're an heir and joint heir with Christ. God has given you the grace to manage and handle what he's placed right in front of you. And you yeah. can do it. I can't live in Bar anymore. You and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him and you shall bring in produce for your master's grandson. Mephibosheth is your servant's grandson. You're going to take care of him. I'm not going to make him unlame. I'm going to touch on that just for a second. I'm not going to make him different. You're going to have to get different as you adjust to managing the grace on his infirmity. Yes. I'm gonna make you different. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna make you understand that he was already significant even though he's lame in his feet. Oh, yes. Yes. You're gonna understand that God sometimes does not unwind our disability. Sometimes he just puts grace, so much grace on it, oh, yes. that we can manage and we can survive it with the grace of God, only with the grace of God. Paul said, you know what, I've I got the thorn in my flesh, and it, uh, man, I, I've consulted you thrice, three times about the thorn in my flesh, and what are you going to do about it? He said, listen, my grace is going to be sufficient for you. In your weakness, your strength will be made perfect. You're going to have to just be in, under grace while I take you through this. I'm not going to disarm you with this. I love the healing services, and I love time to pray, and I love that. And I've been healed so many times, and I'm grateful for that. But I also want to let you know, sometimes God will let us hold something and place his grace on it instead of unwinding it out of our lives, because sometimes we walk away from God when he, un- when he takes stuff out of our lives. Some things will just keep us on our face and just keep us close to him. Well, Pastor Joe, I don't know if that's a good theology. Well, I'm going to tell you something here. God's grace is sufficient for me. And his grace is sufficient for you. And I tell you, I've seen too many people go through things. I've seen too many people go through things. And look, years later, doctors have declared over them they should have died or they should have been broken or hurt or whatever. And they're still walking and they're still in grace and they're still doing well as a result of God's grace more than the medical diagnosis. It took us 10 years to have one baby. 10 years. 10 years years I can be real with you right yes. I, I talk to God different I, I talk to God like God I, I married this woman you said to me proof will multiply I need your help yes. I don't need your help but I need your help <laughs> <laughs> God I know what I'm doing but <laughs> <laughs> just give me this a little more anointing something what's up yeah. and he Year five, year six, year seven, going to everybody's baby shower, going to everybody, being in everybody's wedding, and people asking you go. To, you go to the wedding and they ask, "When are you gonna have?" And I was like, "Don't you know that you don't need to ask me that anymore? Because if we could, we would." It's right. And we kept praying. And I had to bring my mentality out a lotto bar. And I went that day to the local baby store and I told my wife, "What kind of bottles do you want to use?" get them diapers get the best what, what 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 kind of what kind of bed we gonna use I did old school and went home and put all the bottle nipples in the hot water and boiled them I don't know if y'all remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah we I said no no but no. we're gonna sanitize them today you're not you're pregnant right no 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 you're not pregnant just go ahead and do what it's going to take for us to get out of loader bar I don't care where we're gonna land let's just get out of loader bar Let's just get out of that mindset that we, our faith is going to be exercised in this moment. And, yes, and, and, yes. and we went through. I said, now put them up in the shelf. Let's put them up on the shelf and let's get it all ready for the baby when the baby comes. And then our son came. We got pregnant. We were rejoicing. It was, it, it was on, uh, what was the thing before Instagram and all this other fun stuff? What was, what was before Facebook? There you go. I knew you knew it. I knew you knew it. Yeah, 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 I pulled it out of you. We were on MySpace. The Bowmans are pregnant, yes! Everybody, and it was almost like it it was a motion picture for everyone to see what was getting ready to happen next. And my son was born at 24 weeks, 19 ounces. He was translucent, and he was in the incubator. I could put my wedding band on three of his fingers. And we had to step up and still use the faith that we used to buy the bottles because Lodabar is a destination, just not my final one. I'm going to run out of time today, Pastor Soli, because this is, this, this is good to me. And in this process, I understood something, that God did something so miraculous in my wife because medically she was not supposed to be able to conceive. And she did. And that little boy came out. I swear he put his thumb up. I swear, like it's all good, it's all good. 105 days in the neonatal intensive care unit. He is a million dollar baby, trust me, $75,000 a day in formularies. And, the, it, and, and Social Security gave me a call and said, uh, Mr. Bowman, we'd like to talk to you. I said, like, why is Social Security calling me? They said, because your son was born under two pounds and he automatically is a, is a recipient for Social Security, don't worry about any of his bills. I'm just here to tell you, you got a choice if you want to live in Lodabar or if you want to come out. you got a choice. Well, Pastor Joe, it didn't happen for me like that. But something happened for you. Something happened for you. Something happened for you. I want you to acknowledge what it is. Whatever it is, I want you to know that something did happen. We're going to be the breakers of shame. This is a multi-generational service, and we're going to get our hearts on one accord. We're not going to be like the book book of Ezra. One person screaming because they're missing the old temple and the other folks screaming because they want the new temple. We're going to get our praise together here in the name of Jesus. And I want you to see something. His name means dispeller of shame, break shame. Where was his inheritance? At the king's table. You know what I love about this story? It's the fact that no one looks at your feet at the table. He's just sitting up there, lame in his feet, but fully postured to bring his personality and his relationships to the people at the table. It doesn't matter if you're lame in your feet at the table. His inheritance was to sit at the king's table, to sit with the military officials, the lieutenants, and all the people that were supporting David at David's height as a king. He was sitting at the king's table, lame in his feet. God didn't undo it. God repositioned him, though. He gave him grace for where he could be graced. Now, us church folks, we'd be looking under the table to see what's going on see what's happening. That's a load of our mentality. Don't look under the table. Don't worry about it. Just sit at the table. Just sit and sit with the posture that you've been graced with an inheritance that doesn't disqualify you. Man, sit here and know that God loves you and that your shame is under the table because you're the dispeller of shame. You're to shatter it. How do you do that? You expose it. Get somebody close to you, pastoral team, prayer team, whatever. Expose that thing. Shame off of you. I love what 1 John 3, 1 says, see how great a love the Father has given us that we could be called the children of God. And in fact, we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. And can I tell you something? Please, please, please. Let's not bring the spirit of the world into the church. When people come with their shame, we cannot hold that against them. Tonight, some folks will be shamed because they're going to eat too much at the luau. Just come to the table. It's all right. We're not going to judge you. I want you to know that Jesus was a better advocate than Jonathan. Jonathan asked, would you remember the generations? Jesus said, I died for them. I remember the generations. I died a death so cruel that it would span all generations so that they could have life. I was the greatest defense attorney. I am their intercessor. I am their propitiation. I'm the one who the builders rejected. I'm the chief cornerstone. I'm the one that if you lay your hand in mine, I specialize in shame. So today, I ask you, if Jesus is not the center of your life, if Jesus is not the center, would you make him the center of your joy, the center of your life? If, you're not, if you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins and you say, I want that Jesus that invites me to the table, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see your hand. I see, your, I see hands everywhere. Praise God. Praise God. You're invited to the table to sit Not with your shame, but have your shame under the table. He loves you so much with an uncompromising love. It's unconditional, which means people will love you with conditions and they'll love you when they're, you know, when they're in a good mood. But sometimes they don't love you at all. You know how that works. And then they don't return your calls. But I tell you what, Jesus always speaks to my heart. He always loves on me, even when I'm confused and I'm bruised and all those things. He's always in position. Even when I'm victorious, he still Speaks to me. We're going to live a life of victory today. Pray this prayer with me. Father, forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner. But now with my hand lifted, I accept your redemption by grace. Father, I need you. I repent of my sins, which means I turn. And I place my hand in yours. Be the center of my joy. Be the center of my existence. Holy Spirit, fill me. Lead, guide, and teach me your ways and your statutes. In the name of Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Amen.